This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Williams. And, you know, this show is all about connecting farmers with consumers through things like direct-to-consumer products, agritourism a plethora of ways that farmers can connect with consumers and consumers can support farmers. Well, obviously with direct and consumer products, um, it's a great avenue for farmers. But of course, the tricky part is figuring out how to use social media to market the products, to market themselves, to reach new customers, and of course, to build continuing relationships with established customers. And Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the social medias are always changing whether it's their algorithms or just their rules and stuff like that. So, you know, handling social media is a full-time job. But our guest today is really helping farmers, specifically small-scale farmers, build better marketing strategies for direct-to-consumer products. So Victoria Robinson is our guest today, and she has a website called The Farm Marketing Mentor. She helps small farms figure out social media strategies that work for them, and also, you know, how important it is to market themselves and their story just as much as their product. So Victoria and I have an awesome conversation about her background, different social media strategies that she recommends, and things like her courses and her master classes that she has through her program, where she works with farmers and helps them develop these strategies. I always like geeking out over social media and, you know, better strategies that we all can implement. And Victoria had a lot of really good nuggets of wisdom on, you know, being honest on social media, simplifying the process, being open about what you're doing, being open about your story, and also like not being afraid to try new things like Instagram reels or collaborating, you know, also working with local chefs and restaurants. So this is a great interview for any farmer out there that might be struggling with social media. Maybe they want to do something different on social media. So definitely listen to this episode and check out Victoria at all the links below to learn more, how you can get involved with her and learn even more strategies that she's going to mention in this show. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's helpful to anybody out there. And of course, if you like this episode, consider sharing it with maybe somebody that might get something out of this show. Like maybe they've got a small farm. Maybe they need some tips and tricks. I know I sure do. That's why I love talking with Victoria to learn more about, you know, even some social media strategies that I can implement with Farm Traveler. And speaking of social media, of course, if you're not already, consider following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff is linked below. Or of course, just look up Farm Traveler on your social media platform of choice. And we're there. We're almost to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So of course, if you haven't already, please consider subscribing over there. We have some clips of this interview with Victoria and I going up right now on Wednesday, and we have a bunch of other clips and cool little videos on our YouTube channel as well. So, all right, on with the episode. Hope you enjoy this interview with Victoria Robinson. Enjoy it. 
All right. Well, Victoria, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, doing good, Trevor. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Excited to chat with you. Um, I saw your stuff online and I subscribed to your newsletter when it comes to, you know, fall, smaller farms, marketing direct to consumer. And I was like, oh my God, Victoria is the perfect guest because I try to talk to farmers that are doing direct to consumer. And so this is perfect, especially, you know, for farmers that want to do all this stuff. So I'm going to ask you so many questions today, but real quick, like how did you get into this space into helping farmers market direct to consumer? Yeah, absolutely. So I ran an on-farm market of my own for over eight years Hmm. um, and then ended up stepping out of the operation, got divorced, stepped out, and then found myself in this space of I still wanted to be connected to those in the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, So stepping into the online world was kind of the easiest way for me to do that because, of course, going from, you know, farming full time and having a crew and all that stuff to just being an individual in the ag industry was all of a sudden this huge shift for me. So I knew through like the online coaching and the business aspect side of it was still my way to be connected um, and kind of share everything that like I learned and I went through myself through those eight years. There's a ton that you don't realize you don't know or you know until you're just thrown into it. So hopefully taking my experience from that business um, and morphing it into something new to help others. That's awesome. And I mean, I guess really the past two or three years, I've seen an explosion online of, you know, people doing coaching online, people doing courses Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I love seeing stuff like that um, on the ag side of it. Like people like Mm -hmm. yourself that are like, hey, I learned a lot. Let me help you through it because I went through all the struggles and stuff. I mean, so when you were starting the process of coaching, starting these courses and everything, like what was your starting point? Because I know how tricky it is to build a business online. Like what exactly was your starting point? Yeah. um, So for me, I had the idea um, probably about like last June, July, and I sat on it for the longest time because I was like, afraid of putting myself out there and Mm -hmm. to start sharing and connecting with people in that way. Why? I don't know. I had no problem talking, you know, to customers face to face, but like for whatever reason, the online world just seemed super intimidating. Mm -hmm. So I took a course, bought a course, um, to learn more about like Instagram and social media marketing, something that I had a lot of experience with before, but learning, you know, kind of how to run an online business is a very different shift. Um, So I bought myself a course and, you know, kind of really dove into Instagram from there and then finally caved and made my own Instagram and Facebook (laughs) and started telling people about it. Um, So I think that's a similar thing that everyone runs into when they go to start sharing online, whether you're a farmer or just a person like that imposter syndrome hits no matter who you are or what you know, like at some point it does hold you back. So once I finally got over the hump of like voicing and saying like what I wanted to do, um, it just kind of came with content creation and still defining how I was going to help, how I was going to show up. Um, And just over time, showing up online, connecting with people, seeing where people needed help and how I could help. So I've definitely morphed into kind of what I am now just from feedback and trial and error pretty much. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It's funny how much you you can accomplish when you're not worried about, you know, like, oh, I'm, am I going to make a fool of myself? Like I'm nervous of sharing my story online. And I mean, I kind of suffer from that too, that imposter syndrome. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not in ag. I want to be mm-hmm. eventually, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm not a producer. And so I'm always like stout, um, spouting all these facts and figures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always worried, like, Am I going to say like a wrong percentage and somebody's going to come out against me? That hasn't happened yet. Like even if I'm off right. on the numbers, like, you know, it's just kind of that that self-doubt, I guess, like you're saying. So mm-hmm. you just got to, like, you know, put it to the side and just go for it anyway. Yep, absolutely. You just hit a point eventually where you're like, all right, this is something that's really on my heart. I want to do it. I have to follow through. And then as soon as you start putting it out there and getting that feedback, it's less scary and less scary. But, you know, it's totally <laughs> normal. So. Good. For, okay. I'm glad I'm not alone. And, and right. you men- yeah, you mentioned something earlier that I want to talk about, um, and that's mm-hmm. social media marketing. I mm-hmm. f- Do you have your work cut out for you, like an unlimited supply of content you can cover because social media is always changing? I mean, I'm sure that's something you've got to stay up to date on constantly. Yeah, it really is always changing. You know, like, for example, Instagram for the longest time was pushing reels and then 2023 hit and now they said they're going to start pushing 
regular static picture posts again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a lot to keep up with. The same concepts are there. So it's definitely interesting. The online world, 100% is always changing. There's always a new trend or something. So really being engaged with your platform is a big deal. Um, even though there's a lot of basics you can hit, there is a lot of changing factors very <laughs> frequently too. I can imagine. So what would you say are the social media pages or the social media sites that you are the most versed in? Like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, like what all would you say you have the most experience with whenever people have questions on them? Yep. For me, it's Facebook and Instagram. I don't okay. touch anything else. You know, I have my <laughs> plate full with those too. So I've set that boundary. I have a Pinterest, but I don't really use it much. Um, but yeah, Facebook and Instagram is my focus. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Those are great because I mean, you can really have really good discussions on those. You, you can on TikTok a little bit. You can on Twitter a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like a lot of people have been doing really Facebook and Instagram because I mean, well, one, they're integrated together. Right. Um, and then two, I don't know, people are more used to Facebook, I guess, and Instagram because those have been around for the longest. And so what? let's say somebody wants to start a Facebook page for their farm, like walk mm -hmm. us through what they should do from um, the inception of the idea to actually publishing and posting like regularly. I know there's a lot going on there. So what would you say would be like the, your, your, your best advice for them planning their Facebook page? Yeah. So the biggest thing is, um, of course you need your farm name and your basic info. Um, you got to think about your bio, like being very clear on what you do, you know, who you're, ideal client is what you have for sale. Um, even before Facebook, I have a lot of farms that come to me and they're not very clear on their sales process mm, or okay. like what that looks like. So really making sure that even if you're just sharing online for educational purposes, but if sales is the goal that you're very clear on what you have for sale, who you're selling to and how you sell it. So that way, when a new follower hits your page, eventually it'll happen. Mm -hmm. They know that sales process. Um, so once you kind of like look at your business as a whole, really define who you are and what you do. When you create your page, Facebook is pretty straightforward. It really, like it says, enter your business name here, enter your hours here, enter your phone number here. Um, so you'll need a cover photo and a profile picture. And I always recommend that those are on brand, whether you have a logo or if it's just a really crisp and clean picture of your farm. So those are the first two things that people will really see when they hit your page. And then you'll get into like the business information, um, all name, phone number, all the basic stuff. Um, but really other than that, then it throws you right into like content creation. So it puts you right to your timeline. So I always recommend like if you're at square one and you're just creating a page, you know, your first couple posts, you're going to want to do about like about yourself, introduce mm -hmm. your farm and the farm family, um, introduce your products. What do you have to offer? Um, share a couple different um, like facts about what you raise and why you raise, like how are you all natural? Are you organic? Like really let people get a full understanding for your farm. Um, and that's through your about information, as well as the first couple posts that you share to get started. Gotcha. And since you're trying to help farmers, like, you know, sell direct to consumers and stuff like mm -hmm. that, I'm sure telling them to get the word of mouth out there about their sales process is so key. Like, oh, we're, we're at the farmer's market on this weekend, or you can mm -hmm. order on Tuesdays and Thursdays online or just something like that. Like, I feel like that's a very smart idea, like, especially for those that are going the online route. Yeah, absolutely. And what I see a lot of times is people who come in who are selling direct to consumer are either new to it or they're doing mm. it to diversify. So when I ask them, you know, to tell me about their sales process, they list off so many different things, wholesale, farmers markets, on farm, you can schedule an appointment with them. So like there's almost too many different options. Um, and that stems from them wanting to figure out how to make money. You know, they're just trying to get those sales. So they're going to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we really talk about clarifying a sales process, it's what do you really want to focus on? Because at a certain point between the farm and your family and all these different ways you're trying to make money, mm -hmm. it's going to be too much. 
Um, and then your customers are going to get confused and it's almost going to be like information overload. So almost simplifying your marketing to be like, Hey, we sell cheese. You can buy it at this farmer's market. Here's some information about it. Like really simplifying it is a huge help. Um, and that starts with looking at your sales process and that customer journey. That's smart. I mean, would you advise people to like, instead of doing all of it at once, would you advise them to kind of try one thing and see if it works for maybe six months and then move on? So like for six months, let's try to sell at the closest farmer's market. If that doesn't work, we'll do direct to consumer and we'll try that for six months. Like, would you advise something like that? Yeah, especially if you're new in the industry, absolutely mm -hmm. try something and put all of your focus on it. A hundred percent. Learn that inside and out. Get really good at it. And then when you're comfortable and that part of your business is efficient, then think about adding on more because, you know, typical business owners, farmers, whatever, you try to do too much at one time and then you get spread so thin and something falls through the cracks at some point. So starting out a hundred percent, keep it simple, but also be open to pivoting. If you're like, all right, I really gave it my best shot. It's not a hundred percent working out. Let's try something new, but giving it time is a big deal. Yeah, that sounds smart. And I mean, I feel like farmers spread themselves too thin. Like they, they want to, you know, reach all the consumers out there. So they're like, Hey, let's go every single route that we can and then just figure it out. But it's really smart to, you know, like you're saying, clarify your sales and what you want to do. I mean, you don't spread yourself too thin. You don't want to go absolutely crazy trying to sell to everybody. So that's, that's a very smart way to do it. Yep. Yep. So, it um, makes sense, but it is hard to really funnel in like that. So it's just a good starting point to think about. Oh, yeah. No, no. 100% agree. Um, And so going off of Facebook still, like, what advice would you have for marketing on Facebook? Like getting the word of mouth out there, getting more followers and stuff like that. Like what's worked for you in the past and what would you recommend to people? Yeah. So starting out, um, of course, in order to have like a business Facebook page, you have to have a personal Facebook page. That's just one to the other, that's the way Facebook works. So of course, sharing on your personal page, like, Hey, I made a new business page, like, and follow us, you know, that's when you start putting it out there that you're doing this new scary thing of, you know, selling direct to consumer. Cause, um, that's step one, having enough confidence to share with those closest to you about mm -hmm. what you're doing. Cause most of the time that's where you're going to get your most like critical feedback of, people doubting you or whatever. So starting by sharing on your personal page, a hundred percent, the best way to go, because those are most likely people that are already in your community close by will probably be your first sales and your first likes, all that good stuff. That's um, smart. And then, yeah. And then hopefully they share and then their friends and family see it that are outside of your circle and it right. continues to be like a domino effect. So slowly, yep. but surely it grows over time. Exactly. And then you're starting with like a local audience. You're not mm -hmm. just like screaming to the masses about, you know, like my page. So starting with like your core group that you already have is a really good way to work it. Now, before I forget, what about like buying Facebook ads? I've done that in the past and I've seen like, you know, mixed results. And I've always heard things where, um, you know, if you buy a Facebook ad, then the next thing you post, Facebook is going to hide it, encouraging you to buy ads and stuff like that. So, I mean, how confusing are Facebook ads? Like, give us your advice on that. Facebook ads are really confusing. <laughs> I don't recommend it. You know, there's profession, there are people that have businesses just running Facebook ads because it does get so complex. Mm -hmm. um, so most of the time, the people that I work with are small farmers who don't have a ton of social media experience. Um, so if they bring up ads, I recommend... Not so much, um, but a different option is to do like a share to win or some kind of giveaway mm. with like their farm product. Because um, I told them that, you know, let's say you spent $25 in Facebook ads. If you could give away $25 worth of product, it's the same thing, like a share to win. You're encouraging those shares and likes and comments, again, stemming from an already local group. So you're reaching a greater audience. Um, and then eventually someone is actually going to win that, which is a positive, um, connotation around your business and someone gets your product. So it's kind of a win-win. So looking at like the money that you spend to Facebook versus like doing a giveaway or something, 
It's the same amount of money, plus someone gets your product, gets to experience your business, you're seen in a positive light, and hopefully you get a lot of shares and comments stemming from your local base. So that's what I recommend for small farms instead of doing ads, but ads are always there if you wanna give it a try, it's just not my favorite option. Yeah, I, I mean, that's really good advice. I've tried doing giveaways in the past, I think like two mm -hmm. or three, and they've worked pretty well. I yeah. mean, just small things, you know, like a little Yeti thermos. Um, that's like 25 bucks. I'm like, hey, share right. and like this post. And whoever does, you know, tag people, um, yep. we'll pick a winner. And it works out pretty well. I mean, you're, they're yeah. going to send it to friends and family. They're going to send it to friends and family. Mm -hmm. So and you're not spending 25 bucks hoping that it works. You're just spending right. money on like, you know, a product or something that you might have and then shipping. But it's, I feel like it's more personable, you know, mm -hmm. like doing those competitions instead of just like a random Facebook ad that you hope people will see. Right. And if you look at social media and the people that are running the ads are your big box stores. So, mm -hmm. you know, me being specific to small businesses and small farms, that personable aspect is such a big deal in the big picture online or in person. Yeah. Is that something you kind of try, try to like drive home to everybody, like being as personable as possible? That way you can build those relationships with consumers. Yeah. And that's probably like the scariest part for everyone. No <laughs> one wants to be on camera. No one wants to take a selfie. No mm -hmm. one wants to make a reel. Um, so that's definitely a speed hump with my clients. But, you know, I really stress to them, like when you compare like you to Walmart, when you think of Walmart, a face doesn't come to mind. Mm -hmm. When someone sees your business on social media, a face needs to come to mind. They need to think of you and your family when they're buying from you because that will solidify that like no like trust factor, which is what lacks in big business. You know, that's 100% correct because you look at a Walmart ad on, on TV or on Facebook, the people in a Walmart ad that work and shop at Walmart do not look like the people that are actually at Walmart. And so <laughs> no. you just get this like fake sense to it and it's not very personable. But, you know, by building that relationship online on Facebook or on Instagram, it's a great way to do it. I mean especially whenever you have those repeat customers, they begin to know you, they begin to have those relationships that, you know, like you said, you don't get it at Walmart, you don't get it at Target or an Aldi, like those big box stores. So that's huge. And so moving on to, let's talk about Instagram a little bit, a little bit different, more, I guess, like, you know, picture video related. Um, what's your advice on Instagram? I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, pictures, reels, videos, all that good stuff. What's your advice with Insta? Yeah, Insta, well, Facebook and Instagram link. So for me, it's kind of a no brainer to link the two. Like if you're doing the work to make the content for one and it can automatically go to both, 100% go mm -hmm. for it. Um, so creating your Instagram account, there are a couple things that take a little bit more effort to kind of set up your page. You know, they have the little highlight bubbles at the top. Um, and that's something you have to set up and add pictures to. And of course, your bio is a little bit different. Um, it is a little bit more of the pretty view than I guess what Instagram is, or what Facebook is. Um, but it's very similar. And there's a whole nother world of people that use Instagram. So if, again, if you can make the content once and have it go to two different places, 100% go for it. Even if you're more partial to one platform over the other. Um, it's like, it's a no brainer. Why not put it both out there? See what you get. As long as your information is accurate and it leads them to the right place. I think it's a win-win. Oh yeah. And I mean, even tools like, um, what the Facebook suite where you can post to both, you can manage mm -hmm. all your content there. I mean, yep. it's great. Like I use Instagram more than Facebook really, but anytime I do a reel or a picture on Instagram, it just pushes to Facebook automatically, mm -hmm. which is so handy. It's so great. And it just saves so much time. Yep. Um, and so it's great that they're integrated like that. And I mean, do you push people to use the Facebook editing suite and all that stuff? I definitely encourage the Meta Business Suite um, mm -hmm. for linking and scheduling posts through Meta is another really big um, kind of advantage um, to small farms because a lot of times people come to me and they're like, we just, we don't have time. We forget X, Y, and Z. So scheduling is a really good advantage. Um, and then I, same thing, I use Instagram more than I do Facebook. So my Instagram following is bigger than my Facebook following just because I spend more time in that platform. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where like I create my reels and all that stuff. But outside of the Facebook app, the Instagram app and meta business suite, that's it. I don't get into any like editing or anything like that. So there's a lot of tools within the two apps 
that you can use without having to like go overboard and learn a million different softwares. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you have to be a, a very proficient video editor to, you know, do Instagram Reels or Facebook. I mean, there's a lot of tools in those apps, which are amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, like the business suite is so great because you can plan it all. So you can have like a, I don't know, one or two afternoons a week where you're planning your, your content for the whole week or maybe even mm -hmm. the whole month. And right. do you do you kind of advise people to do that? That way, you know, they're they're less burdened throughout the whole week. Yeah, completely. Absolutely. That's what I do. I love it. Um, I just love having that time to where you sit down and then it's done. And mm -hmm. then you can look and be like, all right, it's scheduled. And you can see Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is. Um, so I do what I recommend to my small farms is that they think about what their business pillars are. Um, so let, let's use a flower farm, for example. Um, let's say their pillars are the flowers themselves, the farm, they have a roadside stand, and then they do like a CSA or a weekend farmer's market. So there's four things and that's four types of content they should be creating every single week. Because um, a lot of times the small farms will come to me and they'll be like, I don't know how often to share. Am I saying it too much? Am I being too pushy? So by breaking down your business pillars and kind of assigning them to a day a week really eliminates that stress of what do I post today? Did I share this too much? X, Y, and Z. Um, and that really helps clarify it for a lot of the farmers that I work with because sometimes they just get stuck of, I don't even know what to create. So if we can kind of get them out of the clouds and be like, all right, it's Tuesday, we're going to share a flower fact. It's much easier to define and then you can plan things out instead of just like pulling a wild card and being like, <laughs> what's it going to be today? So, mm -hmm. and that's how you kind of connect back to getting those sales because once you talk about your main points every single week, um, that just makes sure that you're really informing your followers. And as you get new followers, they're staying up to date with what you're doing. Um, so it's just a really nice way to organize it out and be able to plan 100% as far out as you can. <laughs> Yeah, and that's such a good idea too because, you know, the people that follow you, they expect this sort of content on this day, mm -hmm. whether they're really into flower facts or maybe, I don't know, on Fridays you share like, you know, a, cook, a way to cook one of your products or something like that. Mm -hmm. That'd be huge. And so yep. they ex they anticipate that content really and it brings them back week after week and eventually, hopefully, buying your products. That's huge. Right. And, you know, they expect it even if they don't realize it. There's a reason that they follow your page. So sometimes, I guess, farmers feel like they need to overshare or like if mm -hmm. they already shared something once, it's off limits and you can't share it again. But you have to remember that people are following you for what you do. So sharing about what you do over and over is exactly why they're there. So, yeah. And that's something that's awesome that you brought up that I want to talk about. Like, what do you think, like you try to tell them that, you know, they want to learn just as much about you as mm -hmm. your product, because I feel like when a lot of people start out, they're just like, oh, I need to market my product. Mm -hmm. But then slowly they realize, wait, I need to market myself and my story as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a huge part of it. Um, just being the face of your business and sharing about mm -hmm. your farm and what you do, like really those posts are more are going to be what solidifies that connection between you and a follower and what makes you different from any other farms in your community, you know? Mm -hmm. So if people can connect with you as a person, whether that's you're also a mom or a dad or an aunt or, you know, you love soccer, little things like that that people can connect with and really just kind of like that person-to-person -person connection is huge. It doesn't matter what you sell. It could be flowers. It could be beef, anything. You're still a person. And when you're marketing as a small business, that's the advantage that each and every one of us has, that we are so unique as people and we can connect with different people in different ways. Yeah, that's such a great point. I mean, people might not think that, you know, they have a lot in common with farmers, but then mm -hmm. consumers look at it. They're like, oh, wait, they're a parent just like I am. They enjoy football. They enjoy barbecuing. Like they're, right. I, I have a lot more stuff in common with them than I would think. So let me try their products. Like they are just like me kind of. So that's yeah. cool that, you know, it's just as important to market the products as it is yourself and your story, yeah, um, which I mean, with social media, you can do a plethora of ways, reels, videos, all that stuff. What are your thoughts on reels? I feel like they're always changing, you know, whether it's using your own audio, using trending audio and all this good stuff. Like, what are your thoughts on reels currently on Instagram? 
Yeah. So even as much as Instagram is currently saying that they're pushing carousel and photo posts again, reels are still Mm. my number one way to reach Mm. new followers. And that's strictly based off of my account insights. That's not me just making it up. Um, So definitely check your account insights and see kind of what's working for you. But reels 100% are still a really good way to reach new followers. Um, So you just have to be really careful when you make reels that your reels are targeting who your ideal customer is because Mm -hmm. it's very easy, especially on Instagram more than on Facebook to kind of attract, I guess, the wrong crowd or just people who aren't really going to connect or make those sales. Um, So just being really specific with your reels, 100% do it. Um, Just make sure that you are marketing to your ideal customer and keeping consistent with um, just what you're sharing time and time again. So is it more important to connect with your consumer than it is to make something that's going to go viral? Because that's something that I try to do. I try to make viral content, but then I'm like, no, I need to focus on my listeners, like not necessarily making viral content. Yeah, I think, you know, going viral, there's a lot of hype, you know, it's cool, you want to do it, you can get a Mm -hmm. lot of followers. But really, at the end of the day, if those followers aren't your ideal people, then, you know, what's the point? Like, it's really like, we love seeing growth on social media and we do it by the likes and the follows, but we put so much pressure on getting new likes and getting followers that like, sometimes we have to step back from the numbers and realize that those numbers are people too. So Mm. it's just kind of as society, we are driven and motivated by the number of likes and follows and stuff that we have. And that's so unhealthy in a way, but like, that's the way society is now. So it is harder to, value more of a quality following over the number because, you know, society has ingrained in our brains that you need the likes and you need the followers and you need to go viral. But really going viral isn't going to get you anywhere faster other than (laughs) maybe an influx of people, but not always the best group of people, I guess, per se. That's true. Yeah. I've had a couple of reels get, I think, like 13 or 14,000 views, which is a lot Mm -hmm. more than normal. Yes. But um, I've only seen like just a little bit of account growth from that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is so weird. Like you would think that there would be like an influx of views. There's going to be an influx of subscribers, but no. And then, I, you know, I, I saw that. And then I think about my own Instagram habits. I watch a video. I just keep scrolling. You know, I don't go to every mm-hmm. single profile and follow them. So it makes right. so much more sense. I mean, people are just digesting that content and going on to the next thing. So no, a lot of views doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a lot of followers. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Same thing. I had a real, I think in the last week that was like 15,000. It was huge. Like nice. mine, I, that's not what my account does. Usually I'm at like four or 500, a thousand, mm-hmm. like I'm happy there. But the one that did 15, I think I got like one new follower. It got a bunch of likes, which is awesome. But then it doesn't turn out. So I think there is a lot of hype around like going viral or getting Mm -hmm. such big views, but really the return isn't there. So I don't know, a little interesting, (laughs) but I guess we're at the mercy of the algorithm. Oh yeah, for real. I mean, you never know what's going to go viral and what's not because like the reels I work the hardest on Mm -hmm. typically get medium to low views. And it's just like the quick random ones that I put almost no thought into get the most views and I'm like hold up like what is this right yeah every time every single time but yeah you are kind of at the mercy of the algorithm and um I guess you you alluded to this a minute ago understanding your metrics like Mm -hmm. how important is that to use those tools in Instagram in Facebook to better understand your audience Oh, I think it's so important. I check my insights and stuff at least once a week um, Mm -hmm. because it breaks it down for you it tells you like you know, the follower age, you know, are you attracting more men or women? Um, Where are they located? Things like that. So when you're selling, when you're trying to land sales, it's really important to know because you have an ideal client, whether you know it or not. You know, for me, I target more to women because normally the females on the farm are the ones doing the social media and Mm -hmm. stuff. So more of my account is geared towards women in ag um, and small farms. But looking at my insights really lets me know like, okay, I'm creating content, I'm on track, or, you know, you can go post to post and look at the insights as well and say, all right, this one didn't, 
didn't do as well, whatever, why? Then you start looking at, okay, was it the hook in the first slide? Was it the Mm -hmm. caption? Was it the call to action? And you'll never figure it out, but it's definitely really cool to look at your insights and you know, be able to see trends or whatever based on what you post, you can dive into it. It's kind of a black hole, but (laughs) you know, it is really good to acknowledge. And I find that some people don't even use it or know that it exists. So it is tracking for you. So you might as well at least check it out. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, if you're not careful, I've done this a lot. You can really get into the weeds when it comes to the metrics. You can figure out, you know, watch time, engagement time, how many, uh, how many accounts have followed you in the past you know, week versus a month. Like there's so many metrics there. And sometimes you need a guide. You need somebody to show you what to do and how to understand it. Yeah, for sure. There is a lot to it. Like I said, you can look at your account as a whole. You can look post to post. So yeah, as social media is typically, it's a black hole. There's a million different (laughs) things to look at in a place. So yeah, it is tough. It's a really good tool to use. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of different pieces, so it can be a lot to try to understand. Yeah, you got to be careful. And I mean, speak. So, I mean, social media is great. You can build mm-hmm. your businesses on there. But something you like to talk to farmers about is things to do off of social media to help grow your account and stuff like that. So what do you recommend on um, the not-so-social media side to helping grow the business? Yeah, so one of my favorite things to try to get small farms to do is community collaborations. Mm -hmm. So if they work with or somehow partner with other small businesses in their community, um, that's a huge way, you know, to reach, expand your local reach in your community um, and kind of not piggyback, but work with other businesses to kind of put the word out there to their customer base as well. So it's just kind of like the interconnected links of you might as well do community collaborations as much as you can. Um, So when I had my own farm market, we sold produce to a local restaurant and then they would do like menu specials and put our name on the menu. Um, That was something that was like once a week or so. Um, And that would be either seasonal produce, a meat item, anything. Since it was small business to small business, we could say, hey, it's asparagus season and we have a ton of asparagus we need to move. They would do an asparagus special. So Mm. it's kind of a win-win all around. Um, then we would also sell baked goods from a local bakery. We didn't have a kitchen, so it was just another value added product that we could offer in our market. Um, and it let the bakery have another kind of store location, another place that their customers could get their product. So it turned out really well because their customers would come in for the baked goods And then they would be like, oh, well, they have milk, they have steak, X, Y, and Z. So then it would just kind of snowball from there. So community collaborations, 100% is a really good way to start. Not even touching social media, just a good thing to do just as a business relationship. Yeah, that's such a good idea. And I interviewed a guy named David from um, Copper Flats Bison in um, Wyoming, Ontario. And they've done some very, very similar stuff where they have bison. Then they had people come out to the farm. They had a chef there that was cooking some bison. And then they also had, um, you had to to come to this event. You had to bring one canned item of food for a Mm -hmm. food bank. And so there's so many people like working together there. You know, they're helping out the community. They're working with a chef that's helping show people how to cook their products. And so that's such a huge win-win. Like you're, you're getting a lot of people involved there where, you know, not only is the food bank and the chef learning about your business to help you in the future, um, all of the people that go there are learning about these different entities like the chef, the food bank, your farm. And so you're really helping everybody, which is huge, helping the community. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. It definitely takes a little bit of brainstorming to figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, business to business because everyone does things a little different. But if you can at least open that communication line and be open to a cool opportunity, someone will figure something out along the way. So it's a really good place to start. Yeah. Like what what would be a good way, uh, a good place to start? Like just getting on Facebook or calling people that you might know in your community to have some events like this. Like what would be a good place to start for that? Yeah. I mean, for us, like the restaurant that we sold to was a restaurant that we ate at. So like we knew Mm. the employees and we just kind of opened communication there. Um, And then as far as like businesses that we don't necessarily know or work with, um, phone call, of course, is the best way to start. And then if they want you to email information to follow up, um, just making sure that when you make that contact, pitch an idea. Don't just come in and be like, hey, I'd love to work together. Let's figure it out. Um, Instead, approach it with, hey, I would love to sell you 
pork and do a menu special? Is this something you'd be interested in? So kind of doing a little bit of the legwork up front, have a couple ideas, but then also be open to conversation and kind of pivoting based on what works for their business too. So I'm, I'm hearing that this is a great time to practice smart goals whenever you're approaching those people. Be smart, yes. realistic, attainable, realistic, timely. Yep, 100%. It really goes back to the basics. So yeah, for sure. That's really smart. Yeah, coming to the coming to the table with a game plan instead of just saying like, hey, let's partner up. Like, hey, let's do a tasting menu. Here are the products mm-hmm. I have. Here's what it can be available. That's really smart. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, I mean, I do this too when it comes to like collaborations and, you know, planning guests, like just kind of shooting from the hip and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. But being strategic about it and coming up with a game plan, people can see that you really thought it through and they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. You've done all the all the um, all the grunt work. So this is great. Let's go ahead and do it. Yeah, exactly. And it just makes you look more legitimate as a business owner, more mm-hmm. professional. Um, so that's a really good, you know, all positives to come into a situation with. Um, so yeah, definitely be prepared, have some ideas and just put it out there. There you go. Um, so do you have any like, I'm sure you have a lot of them, like a lot of success stories that people that have worked with you that, um, you know, they, they were scared of social media, then they used it. And then it was, you know, a great thing for their business. Like, what can you share there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so even when I was farming full time, there were other farms that I would help kind of just along the way, give pointers. Um, but yeah, so one of the first people that I worked with, her name's Katie. Um, and she and her husband are young farmers. They're probably, Mm -hmm. I'd say 24, 25, just had their first kid. Um, and they are raising pork and they just started with lamb. Um, and they created a social media account and are going to launch like a, I don't think they're going to have set hours, but they're going to have like a roadside stand. Hmm. Um, and she said that all of her sales are through social media. And since we've like really kind of funneled her message, um, she's gotten really clear on her message and has landed more sales because of that. So she's really been able to kind of, I guess, narrow down to do more, which is mm-hmm. interesting. So yeah. And then I'm wrapping up a group coaching program at the moment. And um, this is a group of 10 farmers of all I have a chunk of them out in Iowa and a chunk in Maryland. So it's really cool, but it's a range of people who, you know, have had social media, but not necessarily have used it efficiently. So a lot of people came in and they were like, I don't know what to post. I don't know how to post. I just don't understand. It's overwhelming. So all those different things added up for them and then they just didn't do it. So in the couple of weeks that we've been working with them, um, a lot of people have been saying that people have been reaching out to them, like trying to get more information about what they do and what they have to offer and, you know, how they can buy, which is awesome. But then it comes back to that of, okay, are you ready to sell? What is your sales process? Are you being clear with that? So it's really interesting kind of what happens when you just start sharing and putting it out there. You'll get the interest. It's just going to take time. Yeah, I mean, people want, you know, instant sales on social media, but it takes time to build it. And I mean, it's so great that you have built kind of a roadmap for them to follow because Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, what do I do? Where do I start? And you're like, hey, start here, do X, Y, and Z, and you can go on from there. And so I'm sure that they see that and they're like, oh my gosh, okay, now I just have to do this instead of trying to find it because, you know, you, you get on the internet, there's so many courses, there's so many, there's so much advice out there about what to do, how to market your business, how to start a farm on social media. So I'm sure once they find you and you have that direct path for them, I'm sure that's game changing. A hundred percent. It's all about honestly having the support and mm-hmm. someone just that you can go to, to ask a question and get an answer and not feel, I guess, so alone doing it. Um, cause another layer to that, um, a lot of the farms that I work with, they are, when they start selling direct to consumer, it's almost like they're the black sheep of the industry. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, you know, direct, con- direct to consumer ag is often looked at as like a hobby, Um, so a lot of the farms that came to me, you know, they didn't have the confidence to share what they were doing just solely for the fact that either their family members or people in their community were kind of doubting them. Mm -hmm. Um, so to have that connection to other people that are doing it and being successful with it is just a game changer in just their confidence levels to even be confident enough to show up and share. So that can be half the battle as well. Um, so it's just been a really cool collaboration to kind of get these farmers together and learn at the same time and watch everyone kind of grow through the process. 
That's awesome. Yeah, they see, you know, I'm not the only one out there trying to do this. Like there's other people going through the same struggles. We can bounce mm-hmm. ideas off of them. And so that's awesome. And you've created this space for them where it's very collaborative in nature. They have a guide, they have a track record of what they can do. So that's huge. I'm yeah. sure it's been kind of awesome to kind of see them grow and see those relationships build. Oh yeah, it's super cool. And like for me going into it, just getting started really, you know, I'm only a couple months in. Um, I, I was at first kind of afraid that I wasn't going to be able to help or like make an impact or teach them anything. So it's just really interesting to see like, okay, I know where I'm at. I know my comfort level, but other people are at a totally different place. So being able really just to simplify and streamline everything and in a way that, you know, they can understand and relate to is a huge deal. You know, just being mm-hmm. able to talk the talk, even in the ag industry, you know, kind of bridges that gap between sharing online and selling farm to consumer. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, since you've been doing this, have you seen, have a lot of people been doing this because of the pandemic? Like they wanted to sell direct after, you know, there are so many food supply chain issues. Like, is this one of the reasons a lot more people are wanting to sell direct? I've seen that a little bit. Um, but I've seen more of like the people that I'm currently working with, most of them have been doing it since before the pandemic, mm, but okay. now they're having to shift the way that they're doing the business because of the pandemic. Okay, um, gotcha. Because what I found in at least direct-to-consumer ag through COVID, it got so busy. You know, everyone was pushing away from big box grocery stores and were sourcing local foods. So it became a huge shift and a huge like influx of people to the direct-to-consumer industry. So now that we're kind of leveling out from that, people don't know what to do. Like during COVID, you didn't have to market. You could just say, hey, we're open and people would show up. Mm -hmm. But now that that's not the norm anymore and you have to make an effort to share, there's definitely a shift in it was so easy a couple years ago and now it's harder. What do we do? How do we change? How do we get all those customers back? So finding that new norm after COVID is definitely interesting in the direct-to-consumer world. I can imagine. And everybody's trying to do, you know, they're trying to stand out more because there's so much more competition out there of, you know, selling direct. But I think it's been cool because people are, you know, they're building those relationships with consumers and you're really shortening that food supply chain where, you know, more money is going back to the farmer. The consumer can usually get cheaper produce, like much, much fresher produce because it's coming directly from a farm. Like, I think it's been great and I've loved to see this. It's been one, you know, one of the positive things that has come out because of the pandemic. So it's cool that, you know, that trend is continuing. Hopefully. Do you see this, this trend continuing for a while? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like even before the pandemic to now, like say COVID didn't even happen, ag tourism and direct consumer is already on an upward trend. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's definitely something that is going to increase. And I've seen a lot more of people doing like farm tours and agritourism on farm and like the glamping and the hip camps and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It just, those are words that you wouldn't have heard last year, the year before, like it's all things that are new and people are doing different things to diversify and try to be different. So it's definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. It's just a matter of where people are going to take it. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, I've seen some, for example, um, you know, goat yoga. There's one in, um, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but it's a farm slash restaurant in Jacksonville. I think mm-hmm. Congregee and Penn, that's the name of it. Okay. They have goat hikes that you can go on with their goats and the goats just follow you. That's wow. so fun. Okay. Like, I would love to do that. That's right? such a good idea. And, yeah. you know, at some point you have those crazy ideas. You're like, I don't know if this will work, but let's try it. And then nine times out of 10, people love it and it sticks. And obviously it makes that place so unique because it's, you know, one of the few places that would do it. Yeah, exactly. I honestly have never heard of hiking with goats, but I'm in. Sign me up. Let's do it. A hundred percent. I love goats. I mean, watching, um, you know, even goat videos online. I mean, that's another thing. Like if you are, you know, a rancher and you've got cute animals, like a goat, a calf or something, that content is wonderful. Like you can just film those quick little videos that will perform wonderfully. And people can see, you know, your animals, your livestock, how you interact with them, how you care for them. Like it's very educational just as much as it is entertaining. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I always found that livestock posts were like one of the top performers. Everyone Mm. wants to see the cute piglet or the cute calf. (laughs) So yeah, definitely use it to your advantage if you got it. 
Yeah, I mean, a picture of, you know, carrots and lettuce can only go so far, but a baby calf, I mean, people all are going to like that all day yeah. long. <laughs> yep. So, Victoria, if, if a farmer wants to take your courses, if they want to sign up with you, where can they start? Like, where's the best way for them to kind of get in touch with you about all this? Absolutely. So my Instagram at Farm Marketing Mentor has a ton of additional resources. All of my content is educational based. And then if you want to jump in on any programs or things like that, website, farmmarketingmentor.com. Perfect. And you've got, yeah, you've got courses. You've got also a, a call that you can book with you and a bunch of other mm -hmm. stuff, right? Yep. So I have one main like marketing foundations course. Um, and then I'm launching into one-on-one -on -one coaching as well. So that of course is a little bit more exclusive and by application. Um, so, and for me as a small business, I'm really defining and focusing on how I can serve. So I know there's things coming soon. It's just going to take me some time to get there. So yeah, really coaching and getting small farms to be able to DIY their marketing is my mm -hmm. whole goal. I want to teach and not necessarily do for you. So if I can educate and help you along the way, that's what I'm here for. That's perfect. And I love your your topic of helping those smaller farms because I found that, you know, as people are building their brands and building businesses online like you and even me for the podcast, like the more specific you can be with your content, the better it's going to be. Like you're not just doing farm marketing because then you'd be attracting everybody. And there's so many people in that space. But small farm marketing, direct to consumer marketing, small farm direct to consumer marketing is great. Like that's such a very specific thing that very specific people are looking for. And Absolutely. it's weird because you would think by limiting your audience, you're not going to grow. But by limiting it, you do grow. That's so weird. Yeah, it's kind of like a little reverse psychology mm -hmm. there. But yeah, the more specific and clear on who exactly you're talking to, the better it'll be. And it's great because that goes back to the people you work with. Like the more specific you can be about your product, about your farm, about your ideal customer, you know, the more you can grow instead of just being vague. Like, hey, we sell beef. Come buy it. It's like, no, we sell um, Wagyu beef at farmer's markets on Saturdays in, I don't know, Atlanta, come and get it. So you can be very, very specific. Yep. It can really snowball, but it's so important. For real. Well, Victoria, this has been awesome. We will link everything below in the description, all the links that you mentioned, your social media. So best of luck, continue to do great things. Super excited to chat with you. I learned a lot that I'm going to use on my own social media thing. So thank you for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. Again, thanks so much to Victoria for coming on the show. Learned a lot from her. Check out farmmarketingmentor.com to learn more from her. And of course, everything will be linked below all of her social media handles and how you can see some more of her content. Of course, if you like this video, consider sharing it. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a review. I would love to read out a written review from anybody that leaves us a review. You know, specifically that is on Apple Podcasts. So if you have an iPhone consider leaving a review and I'll read it out. I read them out in the past, but we haven't gotten a written review in a couple of months. So maybe it's time we do some more. That always helps us, you know, rank up higher in the search results anytime somebody looks up farming or agriculture. So that always helps us, you know, grow the show. So thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.